0: Assalamu alaikum alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everyone. Welcome back to the first. Bismillah wa alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. So alhamdulillah rabbil ameen, we have covered now Az-Zubair radiAllahu ta'ala anhu and we now come to the other neighbor of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa in Jannah and that is Talha ibn Ubaidillah radiAllahu ta'ala anhu. And we'll talk a little bit about the reasoning of Talha and Az-Zubair being the neighbors of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa But uh, inshallah ta'ala try to give Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu his due right in his own individual way. Talha ibn Ubaidillah radiallahu ta'ala anhu his full name is Talha ibn Ubaidillah ibn Uthman ibn Amr al-Qurashi al-Taymi. He was born into a wealthy tribe and that tribe is known as Banu Taym. And I'll talk a little bit about that tribe as well inshallah. Uh, He was a cloth merchant, a successful trader radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Physically is described in the following way. He was tall. He was dark. He had plenty of hair. He was handsome. He was youthful, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and he used to walk at a very fast pace. He used to wear expensive clothes and scents. And they said that he had a gold ring prior to it being forbidden. He had a gold ring that had an exquisite uh, ruby in it. So you can imagine Talha, radiallahu anhu, as a young, successful man who frequently goes on the trade routes to Asham and to Yemen and who has everything that you could possibly want in this world, the protection of the tribe, the love of his people. He's still a young man. He's only about 18 years old when the Prophet Sallallahu uh, receives revelation. And he has everything to lose by becoming a Muslim. Uh, let's talk a little bit about his tribe insha'Allah ta'ala because there is a notable feature of this tribe of Ben Utein. First and foremost, it's the tribe of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiAllahu ta'ala anhu. So he is a direct relative of Abu Bakr radiAllahu ta'ala anhu by birth. He's actually the second cousin of Abu Bakr radiAllahu ta'ala anhu and the son-in-law of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiAllahu ta'ala anhu. So he's from the same tribe as Abu Bakr, he's a second cousin. He's married to his daughter, Um Kurthum bint Abi Bakr. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with the family of Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Allahumma amin. So you already have the most distinct person after the Prophet sallallahu alaihi from his tribe and closely related to him. From this tribe was also a man by the name of Abdullah ibn Jud'an. And we've spoken about Abdullah ibn Jud'an a few times. He's a man that was noted before Islam for his generosity as well. So generosity is the feature of Banu Taym and Talha ta'ala Anhu follows in that same mold of being a man who is extremely generous with the people and who is loved for his generosity. So when you have the three most prominent people as Abu Bakr, Abdullah ibn Judan, and Talha ta'ala Anhu, what do you expect from Banu Taym? His mother, her name was as bin bint Abdullah and she was from the Hadram tribe. And her brother, meaning the maternal uncle of Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu, was a companion who's not um, often spoken about, but he is a, uh, a Sahabi by the name of Al- Al-Ala, ibn- Al-Ala ibn al-Ala ibn al-Hadrami ta'ala anhu. One of the things about Talha ta'ala anhu as well is that he was married to several women of high lineage. And so he was not just, you know, from a powerful and notable tribe of Ben-Utayn, but he's also linked to various tribes because he would marry women of the highest ranking from the highest tribe. So he is connected to multiple tribes in Mecca from a very young age, well respected, he has lineage, he has wealth, he has good character. And when Islam comes, Tulharlahu ta'ala anhu was actually not even in Mecca. He was actually on his trade route to Asham. And when he was in Asham, which is Greater Syria. He comes across a monk that was worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of the people of the book, a Christian monk. And the monk asks him, he says, is anyone of you from your group, from Ahlul Haram, from the people of the, sanctu- the sanctuary, the people of Mecca? And Talha radiallahu anhu said, I just came from Mecca. So the monk says, Hal Ba'd? Has Ahmed yet appeared? Now, this is all completely unfamiliar to Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He does not even know that Ahmed refers to Muhammad sallallahu And that was the name by which he was prophesied, alayhi salatu And of course, Ahmed comes from the same root. And he is the one who is even more praised, the most praised, Ahmed sallallahu So Talha says, I answered the monk and I said, who is Ahmed? He says, he is the son of Abdullah Khatimun Nabiyeen, the seal of the prophets. He comes from the land of the Haram, the land of the sanctuary. And then he migrates to a place of palm trees, black soil and many springs. Tarha ta'ala Anhu is listening to him talk about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And the monk tells him, fa'iyyaka an you should hurry up and meet him quickly. If he has come out, you should hurry up and you should embrace him and meet him quickly. Talha anhu said, I just had a feeling that there was something deep to what he was saying. fi qalbi. It landed in my heart. It penetrated my heart. So as soon as I got back to Mecca from my trade route, I asked the people, I said, has something happened recently? So they said, Muhammad ibn Abdullah tanabbaa. That Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, sallallahu has claimed prophethood and he was followed by ibn abi quhafa abu bakr as-siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala anhu because talha is so close to abu bakr as-siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala anhu not as much to the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he goes to abu bakr first so talha knew of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he knew the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he knew his character and he had no reason to doubt his character but abu bakr is his relative so he goes to abu bakr as-siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and he says to Abu Bakr, Ya ibn ya Abi Quhafa, Atabi'ta hadha ar-rajul? Uh, you know, did you follow this man, O oh Abu Bakr? And he said, yes, and you should too. Fa'innahu yad'u Al haq wa yad'u al You should follow him as well because he calls to the truth and he calls to that which is good. So Talha goes with Abu Bakr. He meets the Prophet wasallam. He hears the message of Islam once again, affirmed from the mouth of the messenger himself, the message of Tawheed, the message of the oneness of God. And Talha ta'ala Anhu accepts Islam alongside Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiAllahu ta'ala Anhu. And he is considered the eighth person potentially. Again, all of these numbers, if you haven't figured out by now, can be somewhat approximate, but he's considered the, the, the eighth person or one of the first eight to accept Islam only at the age of 18 years old. So like Az-Zubair, like so many of these early Muslims, he was a young man, um, a, a smart man, a strong man, um, a, a promising man, and one of those who would be promised paradise by the Prophet SallAllahu So Talha radiAllahu Anhu, of course, is famously one of al ashar the 10 that were promised paradise by the Prophet SallAllahu And one of the six of the 10 that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu accounts for. Okay, so Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu of course is the guide to Talha in this sense. And so everything that Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu would do is to the credit of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu as well for bringing him to Islam. So what happens when Talha becomes Muslim? As we've said, those that were powerful or those that were elite in society tended to be punished behind closed doors or not as openly and publicly as the weak ones in Mecca. Okay, the mustadhafeen in Mecca, the Amars of the world, the Sumayyas of the world, uh, the Khababs of the world, the Bilars of the world. So those that were powerful were punished last and least for the most part and behind closed doors. So because Talha radiallahu ta'ala was so prominent in his reputation and he's from Banu Taym, he's still going to undergo punishment at the hands of his own tribe and the person that would be in charge of punishing him was none other than Naufal ibn Khwaylid. Okay, Now remember Talha and Az-Zubair are extremely close friends and so this all sort of comes back together uh, because Nofel plays a role in the punishment of Az-Zubair. Naufal, who is the the brother of Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha who the Prophet sallallahu called the Shaytan of Quraysh the devil of Quraysh. He took Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu and he took Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiAllahu ta'ala anhu. And I know it's been a while since we've covered Abu Bakr, but you might remember that Abu Bakr and Talha were tortured together, literally. Nawfal ibn Khawailid tied Abu Bakr and Talha up with one rope and he he, he, uh, violently tortured them. And he also brought others to violently beat them while they were tied together by their hands and by their feet. And so that's why Nofal, when he did that, Abu Bakr radiAllahu ta'ala anhu and Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu were nicknamed Al Qarinayn, the two Qareens, the two uh, close companions, the two tied ones. Literally, they were tied together. And so he used to tie them up, he used to whip them, Uh, the people used to come and poke them with their swords. They used to be deprived of food and water for a very long time. And of course, most of this was was done behind closed doors, but some of this was public as well. Mas'ud ibn Kharash, he actually says, I remember making sa'i between As-Safa and Al-Marwah. And I saw a crowd of people who were pushing a young man whose hands were tied behind his back. And as they rushed behind him, they started to rain down punches on his head. And in the crowd was an old woman who was lashing him with a whip as well. And she was shouting the worst of things towards him. So I said, what is the matter with this young man? And they said, this is Talha ibn Ubaidullah. He gave up his religion and he now follows the man from Banu Hashim. So you can see the tribalism even in how they're describing the way that Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu embraced the message of the Prophet ﷺ. And so Mas'ud said, and I said, who is the woman behind him? And they responded and they said, this is his mother, Sa'aba bint al-Hadrami. And she was the one that was whipping Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu and shouting all sorts of abuses towards him. So he shares a lot of similarity then in that sense from az anhu. Of course, az grew up an orphan and did not have the, the luxuries and the privileges that Talha radiAllahu anhu had. But of course he was initially tortured and punished by His mother, As-Safiya bint Abdul Muttalib radiallahu ta'ala anha. So, he encountered his fair share of abuse, especially in the beginning of his embracing Islam and becoming Muslim. However, for the most part, Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu was able to escape the, the punishments, the persecutions in Mecca for a few reasons. Number one was because of his status and his wealth. And generally, those people of status and wealth did not suffer as much Uh, In the early days of Mecca in particular. Uh, The second thing is that he was barely in Mecca even after Islam due to his trade routes. Remember, this is a man who's a merchant. This is a man that goes between uh, Yemen and Asham, trading with the people, encountering different empires, and who does not spend much time in Mecca. And when he comes back to Mecca, it's his home base. And then he goes out once again to trade, to buy and to sell. And this was the case with Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu even after Isnaab. And so uh, he was not amongst those that made the migration to Abyssinia, to Al-Habasha, even though as Zubair radiAllahu ta'ala anhu, who is such a close friend of his, his best friend, uh, to the point that their stories are like one story. As Zubair anhu of course, played a prominent role in Abyssinia, while Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu continued to stay out of Mecca for the most part, buying and selling. And the people of Mecca dealt with him begrudgingly um, just because of the amount of, of goods that he would bring back from his trade routes and the prominence that he had in that sense, in the place of commerce. Now, when the Prophet SallAllahu decides to make the hijrah, Talha radiAllahu ta'ala Anhu actually met the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr radiAllahu ta'ala Anhu who was his father-in-law on the way out of Mecca. And he was coming back from Asham. So he actually brought clothes with him from Asham that he gave to the Prophet وسلم, and Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu after they had already left Mecca. He also informed them of some of the ways in which Medina was awaiting the Prophet وسلم, and what he was hearing outside of Mecca about the uh, the escape of the Prophet وسلم, from the persecution of Mecca. So he goes to Abu Bakr and the Prophet, وسلم, he gives them what he gives them. And then he makes his way to Mecca and Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu is actually the person that would accompany the family of Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu to Medina on the Hijrah. And of course that's at the very end when Abu Bakr had already left with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu brings uh, the, the family of Abu Bakr as siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu forward and then joins the Prophet and the companions in Al-Madina. When he arrives in Medina, the Prophet sallallahu of course did mu'akha, he paired off people as brothers. He paired off Talha anhu with none other than Abu Ayyub al-Ansari radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So Abu Ayyub is considered the brother of Talha ibn Ubaidillah radiallahu ta'ala Now his story with the battle of Badr is particularly interesting because he missed it. Okay. And he didn't miss it because he was out trading. He missed it because the Prophet وسلم, sent him and Sa'id ibn Zayd عنه, of course, another one of the 10 promised paradise, on a mission to spy on one of the caravans of Abu Sufyan. And of course, at this point, you know, Abu Sufyan and the people of Mecca had stolen much of the goods that were left behind in Mecca and they were, uh, you know, uh, buying and trading in Asham. And the Prophet وسلم, was trying to find a way to intercept some of those caravans. So while they were out, spying on this particular caravan of Abu Sufyan or looking for this particular caravan of Abu Sufyan in a place called Hawra they heard about the Battle of Badr that had already taken place while they were on their way back. So SubhanAllah, these two, Talha and Saeed ibn Zayd are on their way to help the Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam to carry out you know, this, this particular order from the Prophet Sallallahu but in the process, they missed being alongside the Prophet sallallahu wasallam in the Battle of Badr. And that pained Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And you know when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ رِجَالٌ صَدَقُوا مَا عَاهَدُوا اللَّهَ عَلَيْهِ فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ قَضَى نَحْبَ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَنْتَظِرُ وَمَا بَدَّلُوا تَبْدِيلًا Allah azizu al talks about a people that are truthful to the covenant, to the promise they make with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some of them, are given an opportunity to fulfill their promise right away. Some of them are delayed in fulfilling that promise. تبديلا, but they do not switch in regards to their resolve. They maintain their intention, they maintain their determination to serve in the best way possible. So Talha ta'ala anhu is one of those people who missed Badr and who longed for the moment to fight alongside the Prophet and defend him against his enemies. And so when he comes to the Prophet sallallahu and he complains to the Prophet sallallahu wasallam, Ya Rasulullah, I missed Badr, I missed Badr, I missed the battle. What does the Prophet sallallahu say to him? He says, Ya talha laka sahmuk. He said, look, you have your portion. It's not like you missed Badr because of something else. You missed Badr because you were out doing what I asked you to do, what I commanded you to do. So you have your portion of the spoils. He says, what about my reward? I don't care about the worldly stuff. I don't care if I have the spoils. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, أجرك, And you have the reward of Badr. So like Uthman ta'ala anhu, who of course missed Badr because he was uh, tending to the daughter of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his wife Ruqayya ta'ala anha and the Prophet counted him from the veterans of Badr, which was a lofty reward. Talha and Sa'id ibn Zayd are also counted from the veterans of Badr, even though they were not physically present at the Battle of Badr, which shows you, of course, the role of the sincerity of intention, right? If a person was sincere, then they have the full reward, innaman a'malu So because they had the full intention to go out and to protect the Prophet Sallallahu to serve, they still got the full reward, even though they were out at the time and they were not amongst those that would fight physically in Badr. However, when Uhud was mentioned, when Uhud is mentioned, and SubhanAllah, um, this is hard for me to talk about here because I'm used to talking about it at Uhud. Um, you know, standing there in Uhud and with the groups for Umrah and Hajj explaining the scene uh, of Uhud. Abu Bakr radiAllahu ta'ala anhu, idha dhukira yawm Uhud, when Uhud was mentioned in the presence of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiAllahu anhu, Abu Bakr would say, talha. "That was the day of Talha." Uhud is considered the day of Talha. This is a narration of Ibn Hibban. Abu Bakr says the whole day is considered the day of Talha. Uhud, of course, is a day that we know of great grief. We know of what happened to the Prophet There are multiple lessons, and that's why when the groups go there for Umrah and Hajj, there is you know sufficient time to reflect on what happened, what transpired in Uhud because of the amount of lessons that we can take from it. Of course, it's sunnah to visit the shuhada of Uhud, to visit the martyrs of Uhud uh, themselves. Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu is not buried in Uhud. He's not there with Hamza radiAllahu anhu and Mus'ab radiAllahu ta'ala anhu and the others that are there. But Abu Bakr radiAllahu anhu used to say, talha. That was the day of Talha. Why? Because the way that Talha served alongside the Prophet sallallahu in Uhud was even stunning to the eyes of the Prophet sallallahu And there are so many ahadith witnessing the heroic uh, courage that Talha radiallahu anhu displayed on that day, never leaving the side of the Prophet sallallahu Jabir ta'ala says, every time the Prophet وسلم, would say, من للقوم? من للقوم? Talha would say, ana ya rasulullah. Just like uh, Az-Zubair, every time the Prophet ﷺ called out, Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu answered. So the same way Az-Zubair, the disciple of the Prophet ﷺ answered, Talha radiallahu anhu would go where the Prophet ﷺ directed him without any type of hesitation. And the Prophet ﷺ says, Alaihi <يساري> Wasallam says, I saw myself. أُحُدْ The Prophet on the day of Uhud. And there was no one that was close to me except for Jibreel alayhi salam on my right and Talha ta'ala anhu on my left. I mean, that tells you everything about how Talha anhu was sticking by the side of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And you then, you then see the different narrations and they're throughout Al-Bukhari, they're throughout Muslim Imam Ahmad and, and the books of Sirah that when the arrows were coming towards the Messenger of Allah SallAllahu Alaihi Talha radiAllahu ta'ala was using his body and even his hands to catch the arrows that were coming towards the Prophet SallAllahu so, Alaihi you So, know, just imagine the sight of the Prophet being attacked and Talha radiAllahu anhu fighting from every side of him SallAllahu Alaihi and catching the arrows with one hand using his sword with the other hand and suffering wound after wound after wound after wound. And when they lifted uh, the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam, of course, the Prophet fell in Uhud, his face was stomped, his teeth were knocked out. They thought the Prophet SallAllahu had died. Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu, he bent down, he carried the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam on his back and he went uh, towards, uh, the, you know, up the mountain. And he put down the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam. Abu Bakr radiAllahu ta'ala anhu, at that, he says at that moment, Abu Ubaidah ibn jarrah and I, we were far away from the Prophet SallAllahu because we were fighting off some of those that were coming forward. And when we got close to the Prophet SallAllahu the Prophet SallAllahu said, leave me and go towards your companion. And what he meant by your companion, he meant Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu. And Abu Bakr radiAllahu ta'ala anhu says, we got to Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu and his wounds were all over his body. He was uh, he he was bleeding from every part of his body, one wound from a sword, one one wound from a spear, one wound from an arrow. His foot had been cut and he literally laid unconscious and the blood was flowing from his mouth, somehow he was still alive. SubhanAllah, all of that he took spears and swords and arrows defending the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and all that, somehow he was alive and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam breathing hard himself almost having died sallallahu alaihi wasallam he looks at talha radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and what does he say he says o jabal ya talha it became mandatory today for talha what became mandatory for talha and talha fulfilled his obligation and Jannah became obligated for talha and the prophet said man arada an yandura ila shahidan yamshi ala rijlaihi ila talha radiyallahu ta'ala whoever wants to see a walking martyr, a shaheed who still lives, a shaheed who somehow survived, but is still walking on his feet, let him look at Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu. So SubhanAllah, even though Talha radiAllahu anhu survived that day, the Prophet SallAllahu Wasallam counted him amongst the shuhada of that day because of the amount of sacrifice that he put forward. And how amazing of a testimony. You don't find this type of a testimony from the Prophet ﷺ for anyone like he said about Talha that day. And that's why Talha from that day forward was called the living martyr. The living martyr, SubhanAllah. He was a walking shaheed ta'ala anhu. Umm Ishaq bin Talha, the daughter of Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu. She says that my father had 24 wounds on his body uh, from that day that never even fully healed. So Uhud was a day that Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu was struck right and left, and his hand was partially paralyzed because of the arrows that he caught on the day of Uhud. Even with that, he still fought every single battle with the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam. So Uhud onwards, despite the wounds that he suffered, despite not being able to even fully function with his right hand anymore, he still fought alongside the Prophet SallAllahu with every single battle. Now, does it make sense when we say, Talha wa Zubair jaraya fil Jannah, that the Prophet ﷺ said, Talha and Zubair are my two neighbors in Jannah. As Zubair, the first one to rush to the Prophet ﷺ in Mecca because he heard that the Prophet ﷺ was attacked, that young man that said, I'm gonna defend you, Ya Rasulullah, and Talha radiAllahu ta'ala Anhu, Rushed to the side of the Prophet وسلم, on the day where he almost died and had the side, the back, the front of the Prophet وسلم, throughout and almost died in the process. That's why when we enter Jannat al Firdaus, may Allah grant it to each one of us, Allahumma ameen, and we go to visit our beloved one, وسلم, we'll find his two neighbors to be. Talha was Zubair ta'ala anhu. May Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala allow us to have that blessed companionship, Allahumma Ameen. So what are some of the qualities of Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu? We're just getting started. If you just talked about Uhud alone, and Abu Bakr radiAllahu anhu saying, that's the day of Talha, and the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam saying, whoever wants to see a living martyr, this is who you look at. That would be sufficient, but there is more. Number one, obviously, his courage. Talha radiallahu anhu was a man of extreme courage. Number two, he was uh, proficient in his trade, extremely wealthy. Some of them say his wealth rivaled Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He profited from every single business deal. He would earn at least a thousand gold coins a day and he would give the majority of it in sadaqah, in charity. He was known for his zuhud, for his asceticism. So as rich as he was, he worried about his wealth and he worried about whether it would affect his standing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So his, his money never reached his heart. It stayed in his hand, radiallahu ta'ala Because of his generosity and because of his goodness, the Prophet gave him three nicknames beyond the living shaheed. The Prophet called him Talha khair Talha the good one, Talha jud Talha the generous one, and Talha al who is the beneficent one? So he receives three nicknames from the Prophet ﷺ: al Khayr, Talha al Jud, Talhat al fayyad and Talha, by the way, is a tree that has multiple uh, branches, and so he is, you know, a tree that has these multiple branches that have that bear fruit in so many different ways uh, in regards to his generosity, and in the uh, on the Battle of Tabuk. We know about Uthman anhu coming forth on that day. Talha radiallahu anhu wanted to compete with Uthman radiallahu anhu. So on that day, he put forth up to 700,000 dirhams for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, answering the call of the Prophet following the footsteps of Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Sa'id ibn Zayd ta'ala anhu, who was of course his companion, in spying on that caravan of Abu Sufyan and in so much more. He said, I used to accompany Talha anhu for safar, on journeys. And I used to stay with him in his home. And he said, Wallahi, I have never seen a man who was more generous with his money, with his clothes and with his food than Talha ta'ala anhu. So known for his sadaqah, known for his generosity, known for Ikram al laif the way that he would treat his guests, known for being a good companion on a journey, known for for not really having an attachment to this wealth, though he had everything that you could want of his clothes and, and, and of his scents and of everything that he would attain on his trade routes. He also was known for forgiving debts as well. Remember, this is one of the things that the Prophet mentioned, causes one to be shaded up by the throne of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala on the day of judgment to forgive debts. And so, if someone came to him and had a hardship and wasn't able to pay back a loan in time, Talha radiallahu Taala Anhu would forgive debts. Uh, he forgave debts up to even thirty thousand uh, dirhams in one uh, in one narration. So, anyone that came to him, Talha Taala Anhu was quick to forgive all of those debts. He's also considered amongst the group that are known as al-mardiyin, those who are pleasing to the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam. Who are al-mardiyin, those that are pleasing to the Prophet SallAllahu They are those that the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi said in a single narration that I am pleased with so-and-so, I am pleased with so-and-so. So he mentioned, uh, you know, Omar and Uthman and Ali and Zubayr and Talha and Sa'ad and Abdul Rahman ibn and, and so on and so forth. So they used to say to those that the Prophet mentioned that he was pleased with And of course Abu Bakr As-Siddiq radiAllahu ta'ala anhu they used to say to wafiya rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam wa huwa that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away and he was pleased with you like you should be pleased knowing that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam died while he was pleased with you sallallahu alayhi wasallam after the prophet SallAllahu passed away we find that Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu was one of the key warriors of Abu Bakr as siddiq radiyallahu anhu in Hurub al-Ridda, uh, the, the, the battle against Musaylam al-Kadhab, the conquests uh, of Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. He fought into the, the armies of Asham. So just like he used to go to Asham buying and selling, he was amongst those who was very familiar with the territory of Asham and who fought under Umar al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. And of course, when Umar radiAllahu ta'ala anhu was passing away, as we know, he appointed to his Shura all of those uh, that were from the Ashar al that were from the 10 promised paradise, with the exception of Saeed ibn Zaid, because Saeed ibn Zaid was his brother-in-law. So Talha is one of the six that was appointed to the council of Umar ibn Khattab radiAllahu ta'ala anhu to choose the next Khalifa. Talha radiAllahu anhu immediately had no interest whatsoever in the Khilafah himself. But he gave his vote to Abdurrahman ibn Awf radiAllahu ta'ala anhu. So trusting that Abdurrahman ibn Awf would make the best decision uh, to choose the, the Khalifa, Talha immediately submitted his vote that he was not interested in it himself. And he felt like Abdurrahman ibn Awf would be the best person uh, to choose amongst the remaining uh, group, which of course would lead to the election, the appointment of Uthman ibn Affan عنه, to be the next Khalifa, and then after him, Ali ibn Abi Talib, Ta'ala anhu. Now, when we get to the life of Uthman anhu, particularly, and um, I'm not going to go too deep into the fitan, into the uh, into the trials and tribulations, as I have not done, because the focus of this series has been the first, meaning the beginning, and how they came to Islam and their contributions and speaking to their qualities, uh, but just getting to the end of this. But Inshallah, Taala. Um, uh, you know, uh, in, in in the near future with uh, the we will be inshallah Taala exploring some of those uh, themes, some of the lessons that we can glean from those themes. But Talha radiyallahu taala anhu placed his son Muhammad at the door of Uthman radiyallahu taala anhu when he was under siege. However, Talha radiyallahu taala anhu did not expect that things would get as dramatic as they did, in that people would actually have the nerve to murder Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So Talha did not stay in Medina at the time. He actually had left. He did not think it was going to reach that point of severity. So even though he loved Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and yes, he actually had his own disagreements with some of the policies of Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu, as some of the Sahaba would naturally disagree, but never amongst the fitna. And again, appointed his son Muhammad to be amongst those that would defend Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Tarha radiallahu ta'ala anhu uh, was not present when Uthman was assassinated. And when Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu was assassinated, he felt a tremendous amount of guilt for not being there to support him and to protect him when he was under siege. So he gave his bay'ah to Ali radiAllahu ta'ala anhu, but he was frustrated that the the murderers of Uthman like of course you know some of the sahaba were that they wanted the murderers of Uthman to be pursued right away and they wanted justice for Uthman ibn Affan ta'ala anhu and he was he also had this this unique burden of guilt that he was not there with Uthman ta'ala anhu at the time of his assassination and he says a very powerful line and uh, subhanallah i i've said this in other places that this line of talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu um actually uh, it, it, you know has so much depth to it if we think about it in the sense of sacrifice and selflessness he said allahumma <laughs> khudh li minni al-yawm hatta tarda allahumma khudh minni li hatta tarda oh allah take from me for Uthman until you are pleased meaning you know, let me suffer, let me be killed, let me be hurt, let me go through all sorts of pain for Uthman ta'ala anhu until you are pleased. Of course, it's all for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What he means by that is the cause of Uthman ta'ala anhu, the cause of justice for Uthman ta'ala anhu. And remember, Uthman anhu is the one who the Sahaba, you know, readily gave bay'ah to Ridwan, they gave the bay'ah, they gave the pledge to go to Mecca and to die in Hudaybiyah when they thought that Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu had been killed. And the Prophet took his two hands and clasped them and said, this is for Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu. this is me and this is on Uthman, this is on the cause of Uthman. So Talha radiallahu anhu was, who, who felt so guilty for not being there at the time that Uthman was assassinated and not fighting on his behalf. And he's a selfless man radiallahu anhu, more selfless of course for the Prophet than anyone else as he did in Uhud. He, says, oh Allah, take from me for Uthman until you are pleased. So he was amongst those that was with Aisha radiAllahu anha and Zubayr radiyallahu ta'ala anha, uh, anhu to, uh, to, to go to Ali radiAllahu anhu in Kufa. They came from Mecca at that point to go to Ali radiAllahu ta'ala anhu in Iraq to demand justice for Uthman radiAllahu ta'ala anhu. I've already sort of recounted this uh, when we talk through the life of Ali radiallahu anhu and Az-Zubair anhu, but briefly, um, of course, they met in Kufa, um, Aisha, Talha, and az on one side, Ali ta'ala anhu primarily on the other side, leading on the other side, and they demanded that the, the murderers of Uthman would be pursued. Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, I have every intention to pursue the murderers of Uthman, but he wanted to solidify the situation before he went after so that he did not perpetuate more chaos, further chaos. So the frustrations were understandable. The love of Uthman was fully understandable. Ali radiallahu anhu wanted justice for Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu. But Ali radiallahu anhu wanted to solidify the situation first. As we said about Azubair radiallahu anhu, when Ali radiallahu anhu reminded him about the time they were together, Azubair actually just left there ta'ala anhu. As for Aisha and Talha and Ali, they came to an agreement that they would pursue the killers of Uthman together under a unified leadership. And that night, the same people who caused the massive fitna in Medina in the first place, knowing that the two armies or the two groups were going to come together, what did they do at night? They attacked both camps so that both camps thought that the other was attacking them. So Ali thought that the other camp was attacking Aisha anha and Talha ta'ala anhu thought that this camp was attacking. And you have the tragedy, truly the tragedy uh, of the battle of Al-Jamal. And um, Talha ta'ala anhu was amongst those that died in the battle of Al-Jamal. So he was killed in that battle. And one of the most heartbreaking scenes, probably to encapsulate the fitna, um, how, how tragic um, this was, was actually Ali radiallahu anhu going to the body of Talha radiallahu ta'ala in battle when Ali radiallahu anhu finds the the body of Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu in battle and he knows the the position of Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu he he kneeled down and he put the head of Talha in his in his lap and he started to wipe the the dirt off of his face and he said azizun alayya aba muhammad an araka he said, You are too noble and too beloved to me, O Abu Muhammad, for me to see you in this state. And Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he started to cry and he said, Ilallahi ashku, ajzi, wa He said, Oh, to Allah, I complain about my, my hardships, about my, um, about my pain, about, about how I feel in this situation. And Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, I wish I would have died 20 years before this day. I wish I never saw this day that Talha radiAllahu ta'ala Anhu is, is dead in such a fashion. This noble man is dead in such a fashion and I'm holding him ta'ala anhu in this way. And so Ali wept and the companions around Ali radiAllahu ta'ala Anhu uh, wept. Ali radiAllahu ta'ala Anhu washed him and he prayed upon him. And after he led the janazah of Talha radiAllahu ta'ala Anhu he called the people forward. And this is this is one of the lessons that you would take from this. He called the people forward, and he had the son of Talha, Muhammad ibn Talha sit next to him on the chair of the Khalifa. So the Amir is there, the leader is there. He calls all of the people forward after leading the janazah of Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu. And he tells Muhammad, sit next to me, sit next to me. And he says, يَقُولُونَ illa There are some people that claim that only the foolish ones came out to fight. He said, but, but, but this is the most honored of faces that came out. Uh, on the earth, and he he said, "I heard the Prophet say, Talha Zubair Jaraya fil Jannah.' And of course, Talha and Zubair radiAllahu taala anhuma the neighbors of the Prophet were killed on that day. One of them, Zubair, was pursued and murdered in Salah in that very nasty way. Talha radiAllahu taala killed in the battle. And so he looked towards Muhammad, the son of Talha, and he said, "I ask Allah to make to make your father." and me amongst those who are mentioned in the ayah, when مَا فِي قُلُوبِهِم مِنْ عَلَىٰ الْمُتَقَابِلِينَ And we have removed from their sudur, from their chests, from their hearts, uh, all grudges and put them as brothers upon these thrones facing one another. So you can imagine um, the scene in this situation, right? And the pain that Ali radiAllahu ta'ala Anhu felt and that the Sahaba felt, because this was the first time that you had blood drawn in, in a war that include sahab that included sahaba on both sides of that battle even if it was provoked and instigated by pe- people of fitna fitna is always instigated by people of fitna but in this situation the unfortunate um, you know consequence of this is where you have you know sahaba on both sides of this battle so talha ta'ala anhu was was uh, was killed that day and he had seventy-four wounds on his body. They say up to seventy-four wounds that he suffered fi sabirilah on the cause of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala through all the battles alongside the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi and and uh, under the Khulafa al-Rashidin under Abu Bakr and then Umar and Uthman, and of course in this situation, um, you know, being uh, uh, preyed upon, washed and prayed upon by Ali radiAllahu Taala Anhu. There is an interesting dream. Um, about Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu after his death, that a man had seen Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu after his death. And he said, um, move me or move my grave from the place that you buried me. And the water has harmed me, uh, or the water is, has bothered me. And so they saw the man saw him three times. So he told Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu about what he saw uh, of Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu. So they went to the grave of Talha ta'ala and they saw that it was, that there was a particular stream of water that was uh, filling that land with water. So they, they transferred the grave of Talha radiAllahu ta'ala anhu and they said that his body was completely intact radiAllahu ta'ala anhu and the smell of the kafur, the smell of the scent of his body, the good smell was coming out of his body in, 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 the, in the most beautiful, of ways when they reburied him ta'ala anhu and moved his grave away from that place that was becoming soaked uh, by that stream. After his death, Sa'id ibn Musayyib, he narrates that there was a man that was uh, cursing Ali and Talha and Zubair. So Sa'id radiAllahu ta'ala anhu, of course, who he said is Mujab dawah He is answered in his prayers. He prayed against that man when the man refused to stop. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused uh, the prayer of Sa'id to come upon that man who was cursing Ali and Talha and Azubair? May Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala be pleased with them all. Allahumma Ameen. Now, a few interesting things about the family of Talha radiAllahu ta'ala Anhu. Talha radiAllahu ta'ala Anhu was married to four sister-in-laws of the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam. So when we talk about the way that he was married to different tribes and the lineage and the connection that he had beyond being just the son-in-law of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiAllahu ta'ala anhu. He has a unique distinction of having, of being married to four of the sister-in-laws of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. So he was married to Um Kurthum bint Abi Bakr. He was married to Ruqayya bint Abi Umayya. He was married to Hamna bint Jahsh. And he was married to Al-Fari'ah bint Abi Sufyan. So these are Al-Fari'ah bint Abi Sufyan of course being the sister, of Umm Um, um Ruqayyah bint Abi Umayyah is the sister of Umm Salama radiallahu ta'ala anha, Umm Kurthum of course being the sister of, uh, of Aisha and um, Hamna being the sister of Zainab bin Jahsh. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with them all. So he's married to four of the sister-in-laws of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa So that's a, a, quite a connection that you find there. Lastly, and I think this is extremely beautiful, uh, the names that he chose for his kids. If you remember, we said Zubair anhu would name his children after martyrs. Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu would name his children after prophets. So who are the children of Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu? Listen to this and think about this especially as you're thinking about naming your children. His children's name are Muhammad, Imran, Musa, Yaqub, Ismail, Ishaq, Zakariya, Yahya, Yusuf, and Isa. So he Named his sons all after the prophets of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So Muhammad, of course, being his oldest, after Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Imran, uh, Musa Alaihi Ssalam, Moses, Ya'qub Alaihi Ssalam, Jacob, Ismail Alaihi Ssalam, Ishmael, Ishaq, Isaac, Zakariya, Zacharias, Yahya, John, Yusuf, Joseph, and Isa Jesus. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala send His peace and blessings upon them all. His daughter, however, is one of the great legacies that he leaves behind. Her name is Aisha bint Talha ta'ala anha, And she becomes known as one of the greatest scholars of hadith and fiqh in Medina. Talha himself radiallahu ta'ala anhu was not known for his scholarship or for narrating many narrations. He narrates about 20 hadith. And that's because he was noted for his courage and his generosity. But he was not the scholar amongst the scholars of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu his daughter, however, Aisha, uh, grows up to become one of the greatest scholars of hadith and fiqh in Medina. She was sought after, narrated from, and her primary teacher is the one that she is named after, Aisha bint Abi Bakr ta'ala anha, who is also her aunt. So many of the narrations from Aisha ta'ala anha, the daughter of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq anhu, actually come through her. You'll have Aisha, the daughter of Talha, Narrating from Aisha, the daughter of Abu Bakr. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with them all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with all of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu and join us with them and with the Prophet sallallahu as brothers and sisters in the highest companionship. Allahumma ameen. Jazakumullahu khayran. Wassalamu alaikum wa barakatuh. This podcast was brought to you by Yaqeen Institute for Islamic Research. Dismantling doubts and nurturing conviction, one truth at a time. Tune in every week for the next episode, and don't forget to subscribe to this channel and share with friends. Until next time, this has been The Firsts, the Forerunners of Islam.